Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray, and I get into Money in the Bank from last night, unlike any Money in the Bank that we have ever seen in the history of the WWE. We get into the winners. Otis, your winner of the Money in the Bank briefcase, and Asuka winning the women's Money in the Bank briefcase. We get into all of that, plus we get into the great documentary, The Last Ride for The Undertaker, and it is a Get Yourself Over Monday, and we do that with NWA Powers TV champion, Zicky Dice. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. You enjoyed what you watched last night. Yes, I did. Are you sure? Wait, I'm going to give you a second to think about this. Sure. Like you, you opened the show this morning in this great mood. Yay, busted open, blah, blah, blah. After what we saw last night, you witnessed it with your own eyes. How could you possibly come on and open this show on a Monday being in the mood that you are in? What we witnessed last night was heinous. Oh, I know where you're going with this, Bully. Baron uh. Corbin <laughs> killed. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. Alistair Black. And probably Kenny from South Park. Well, uh, did he though? I mean, you know, it, it looked it looks pretty bad. It looked You don't bad. care about Alistair or Ray Mysterio. You're a horrible human being. Yeah, I I guess I am. We did get two possible deaths during that. Well, that's how much, you know, the wrestling business, man, they give and Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio gave their lives <laughs> to entertain us last night at Money in the Bank. <laughs> I to bully, bully. It's and this is how much of a psycho I am. I rewatched Money in the Bank because you know it was only like you know forty five minutes long, so I was able to watch it again this morning. Uh, I you actually hear a thud. After Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio were thrown off the roof of Titan Towers. So I think there's another buy level possibly because you heard a thud. So I don't think there was the the drop that we think of. I think I think they're going to be a little worse for wear. But I think Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio are going to be okay. 
I was kind of hoping that 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 jib cam that was shooting from overhead would have got a shot of them falling uh, <laughs> off the side of the building like Wiley Coyote, and we would just yeah. got thump, and then like the smoke just kind of dissipates. You know, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, brother. <laughs> Well, you know, like if it's a really, 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 really high drop, you would get the poof. (laughs) Poof. Poof. So we hope Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio are okay. Well, I guess we'll find out tonight on Monday Night Raw. But, um, and again. (laughs) In typical Raw fashion, Alistair and Ray will come to the ring tonight for a match that means absolutely nothing, not selling their injuries. Yes, yeah, so, you know, they'll be the Or maybe one of them will have a little bit they'll do the old they'll take their right hand and they'll hold, you know, hold their, you know, their guts and they'll do a half limp to the ring like, "Oh man, I'm really still hurt from last night. Oh, that was a long drop." <laughs> Or even better, you see extra footage from last night where, you know, Aleister Black is holding on, you know, just his fingers are holding on to the ledge, and he's got Rey Mysterio in his right hand, and he's trying to pull him up. Like, maybe we can get some of that tonight on Raw. That would be exciting. All righty. So what did you think of the old moolah in the bank? Well, um, and here, Bully, I know a lot of times you you say to me, and I think a, a lot of our fans get used to the idea and take advantage of the, uh, the, the scenario that we're in right now, getting to hear you Monday through Thursday live from 10 to noon every day. You know, it, it is a special treat to have somebody who's a Hall of Famer with your mind, you know, talking about professional wrestling. And watching Money in the Bank, the words you said on our Thursday show last week was rattling in my head, and that was entertain us. You know, listen, a lot of tough times for a lot of different people during what we're going through right now. So more than ever, and we have these discussions on Thursday mornings when it comes to AEW and NXT. AEW is giving us more of a fun show where NXT is very cold and very hollow. So going into the show last night, I said, this is a really good opportunity for the WWE, the way it was set up, to just entertain their fan base. I'm not looking for anything other than that right now. And I thought they did a fantastic job pretty much the entire show of just entertaining me for what was a two-hour and 23-minute show last night. Good job with WWE keeping it to two and a half hours. Get in, get on, get off, get out, and that's it. You know, that's what a, that's what a good show should be. A good movie, a good rock and roll concert, a good wrestling event. Wrestling events should be no more than three. You know, if you have a really stacked card. And WrestleMania should be about four, and that's it. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so last night, yes, I, I agree, they did a good job, but are you sure that they did a good job from the beginning of the night to the end of the night? Did the first two matches really entertain you, or did you just think that they were good matches? They were good matches. They were they were fun. They were entertaining. I mean, I didn't dislike them. I didn't think there was a match that was bad. There, there was nothing that made me turn the channel. Uh, so in, in that respect, I thought they did a good job of hooking my attention for the most part. The, you know, the early part of the show, you know, it, it was it was good. It was it was fun. Uh, the the end of the show, I thought was tremendous. And again, like I was entertained and I really thought they did a good job of highlighting who they needed to highlight. 
Again, Bully, on Thursday, you asked me about Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, and what is resonating with me and to me as a fan. And we talked about SmackDown, and I said, you know what? Otis. Otis and Mandy and Dolph, like, that is really, to me, the reason why I tune into SmackDown on Friday nights. And guess what? Otis won your Money in the Bank briefcase. So a lot of people were upset about it. I was surprised how many people were upset about it. But, hey, if you want to go the entertaining route, Otis is freaking entertaining. And Money in the Bank last night was entertaining. And Otis right now is must-watch Friday nights on SmackDown. So I have no problem with him winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. They have uh, a great opportunity here with Otis <clears throat> to make him into a lovable babyface, which he is already, but get him to the next level. Did Otis climb the ladder and actually get the case? No, AJ did, but it fell into Otis's hands. So now moving forward, we have something to go with. AJ's going to have a gripe. AJ's going to say, no way, I had that briefcase. It dropped into your hands, and we'll probably get a match for the briefcase. As a matter of wasn't wasn't it Corbin who hit AJ or hit the ladder and he he dropped the he dropped the briefcase, yeah. correct? So it could be I mean, <clears throat> I'm just judging from AJ being on Raw and Baron Corbin on SmackDown. My it might be more about Otis and Corbin to start, but AJ could definitely get into the fold because he has a gripe as well. Absolutely. I'm sure they'll find a way. But Otis <clears throat> having the briefcase and going off the air with Yo Mandy, I did it. You know, now maybe Dolph gets involved in the situation uh, again. There's having Otis win last night gives them so many options. And I always talk about how creative likes to have options of directions they can go in. This can be extremely entertaining. Listen, if you just wanted to go the easy route with this, have Otis hold on to that briefcase forever. You got a year, right? Hopefully within a year, crowds are back in the arena. If you just kept Otis where he was right now, Dave, right? At the level of overness he is now. And you, you, you keep him at that level until fans are back in the arena. If Otis ever cashed in that money in the bank briefcase on a heel, what do you think the fans would do? Oh, my God. They would go, they would go crazy. They would be. They would go nuts. They would go ballistic. Now that yeah. money in the bank briefcase in Otis's hands is good for a one-time payoff because Otis is not going to become your world heavyweight champion, and you're not going to book your company around Otis. However, having that briefcase in his hand gives you a fun opportunity with a fun payoff. And if you're not going to pay it off with Otis beating somebody and winning the championship for a minute, a day, a week, or a month. You have something moving forward. Like, you're going to want to see Otis be able to hang on to that Money in the Bank briefcase because people like AJ might be coming for him or people like Corbin might be coming for him or people like Dolph might be coming for him. And since he won it for Mandy, is Mandy going to help protect the briefcase? Or is Mandy going to double-cross Otis? Look at the stories that, I mean, within seconds, we yep. just came up with. Rattling off the top of your head, Bully. And right now, your universal champion on SmackDown is Braun Strowman. Doesn't make sense with Otis and Braun. So you're right. Have Otis sit on that briefcase until we get to WrestleMania next year. What's the rush? There is no rush. And you're right. It only works if he's able to cash in in front of a live crowd. Because if it's just a random SmackDown or a random pay-per-view that's going to be held at the Performance Center, it really does nothing for Otis or the viewer. But, man, imagine, like, 
you know, a year from now, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're, we're, we're having full venues again, and Otis comes out with that briefcase, you're right. It's going to be standing room only, and everyone's going to go absolutely nuts. And the, the, the end game result, the picture that you want to paint at the end of this whole scenario is Otis being in a quandary. What is he going to do? I could see them getting to the to the last match or the payoff where Otis is trying to defend this briefcase because Otis defending the briefcase can, can be as big as anybody defending the championship in the WWE right now because we're so emotionally attached to Otis. So you're going to want to see him hold on to that briefcase because everybody's going to be gunning for him because they're going to think that he's not really worthy of having the briefcase because he didn't climb the ladder because much like Dreamer would, he broke the steps on the way up. So... Imagine we get to a final scenario where Mandy's in trouble and Otis has to defend the briefcase. What does he do? Does he save Mandy or does he save the briefcase? We've seen this in the movies where the superhero, where Superman has to either rescue Lois Lane or, you know, defeat General Zod or, or, you know, whatever it is. What is he going to do? What is he going to do? And in the end, he finds a way to do both. Or maybe he picks the girl and then the girl screws him over. Like, like you just said, we're rattling off ideas here that gives them so much creative freedom with Otis having the briefcase. And I'd love to see that. I love those, 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 those final moments or those moments that we create where what is Otis going to do? Does he save the girl or does he defend his briefcase? And those moments in time are what propel guys and gals to the next level. You know what, Bully, what you're describing right now is good TV. And right now, the WWE has got to present good TV. We talked about the ratings decline because you mentioned it. We talked about it a lot last week, that there really isn't anything that grabs you on a week-to-week basis that makes you want to tune in the next week. A little cliffhanger that's going to say, I can't wait to next Friday to see what happens. They gave that to you last night. Even more so than Raw tonight, I can't wait for Friday to see what we're going to get from Otis on SmackDown. That's good TV. Like you said, that's great storylines that are going to get people to tune into SmackDown each and every Friday night. And think about Tucky. Tucky's got to be yep. jealous through this whole situation. Tucky's got to be got to try to stab him in the back also. So look at all these people that'll be gunning for him. Look at he he's going to be, you know, he he's got the girl, his best friend's going to turn on him. This is all relatable storyline. This is fun storyline. This is easy storyline. This is storyline that we can follow along week to week and go, "Hey, what's going to happen next?" This has me invested. I love Otis with the briefcase. I don't know how people could hate. I mean, I got a couple of tweets last night where people saying, this is horrible. You're going to tell me Otis is a better uh, a better choice than this guy or this guy to be champion? And they rattled off every other person in the match. It's like, that's what the E stands for. World Wrestling Entertainment. And if you don't find it entertaining that Otis had that briefcase at the end, saying, yo, Mandy, I did it. I don't know what's going to be entertaining for you. Yeah. This and this was exactly what everybody's been clamoring for. Hey, WWE, do something different. They did with that, that last match last night. Like, the minute it started, it reminded me of the movie Rat Race. 
I, I know. And you posted that picture from Rat Race. There was actually a lot of things that I loved about that. And again, I think, Bully, you saw it on social media. The WWE is an, an I-can't-win situation when it comes to a lot of wrestling fans. No matter what they do, you're going to find haters. But there was very little to hate about Money in the Bank last night. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. And you believe it in each episode fc's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories iconic grounds Anfield has erupted. rivalries and so much more there's nothing like a derby day in manchester new episodes are available weekly by downloading the pandora app and searching more than a game what did you think of the overall matchup last night entertaining as all hell I, I loved it. I loved it from start to finish because it was outside of the box and it was entertaining. It was outside of the box like AJ and Undertaker was. It was outside of the box like some of the stuff they do in AEW. It, it was different. It it, it 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 took me on a great ride. I, I didn't want to take my eyes off the screen for a second. The women and the men both did a great job. The little callbacks, you know, Brother Love and, and Johnny Ace and, you know, Doink in the corner, yeah. you know, all those little things. Vince and the Vince stuff is funny, but there are so many inside jokes in the Vince thing that you got to, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, like little Easter eggs in there where it's like the movie Airplane where you really got, I mean, first of all, Vince and Jeans. When have you ever seen Vince in jeans? Ever. 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 Never. Like, the only time Vince would be out of a suit is, like, when we would do shows in Miami, and he would wear dress pants and, a, like, a, uh, like, a linen shirt just because it's hot as balls down there. But Vince in jeans is hysterical. Then the hand sanitizer because Vince is a complete germaphobe. And then he, and then he turns around and he starts writing on the yellow pad. The yellow pad is significant because that's all Vince writes on is a yellow pad. No computer, no journal, the yellow pad. And remember, how did Andre and Hulk communicate during WrestleMania 3? On a yellow pad. Via the yellow pad. So that's the all cool little throwbacks, you know, in there. Um, you came back on and you talked about, you know, how they how they ended Tucky has such a gripe here, it's not funny. Because of Otis's last line, yo, Mandy, I did it. So Tucky's going to be like, oh, you did it for her? You didn't do it for me? I've been by your side forever, and now this girl comes along? You know, the girl causes problems between the two guys. It's an easy story right there. Or they can go in a different direction. Because the Revival just left, and the Revival's pissed off that the WWE didn't pay enough attention to tag team wrestling. How about Otis cashes in his briefcase for the tag titles, and for about the next three months, they put the emphasis on tag team wrestling. I mean, imagine that. I mean, that, that would be something completely outside the box. But there you go. Like to, to see oh, maybe Otis and Tucky are on the same page and Otis wants to use it for the tag team championships. So many options here. So many options. But overall, I enjoyed uh, the, the men's and women's money in the bank match. Um, I, I, I mean, <laughs> Heyman getting blasted with food. Tremendous. <laughs> Tremendous. 
Because I'm thinking to myself what Paul is thinking to himself when this got pitched to him and how much he probably tried to get out of it. Now, if Paul was on right now, he'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm the one who suggested it. Of course you did, Paul. Um, (laughs) Dave, I don't know. I don't know about you, but like one of my favorite moments from the Money in the Bank uh, match was when Otis and Naya had the face to face. Yes. And I thought that Naya was going to start housing a sandwich and Otis was going to fall in love. Kind of like from Coneheads. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just devoured a whole thing. And then, yes, yes. I mean, very good. Very underrated movie, by the way, Coneheads. But but you know what? But but you got the opposite, which was just as funny. Like, Naya gave the look of disgust because, like, food's coming out of his mouth. It's, like, in his hair on his chest and everything. But even just before that, Shayna Baszler has Rey Mysterio. And then... Like Naya and Otis just run full force at each other, and then you know Shayna just throws Ray in between them, and he gets squashed <laughs> yep. in between Otis and Naya Jax, which I thought was really funny as well. Like there was, it's almost like you mentioned the movie Rat Race, and you know it almost like it's it's a mad if it, you know some of the older fans, it's a mad 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 world, which every time you watch that movie, you see something that you never saw before. It's like, it's the same thing with this matchup. When I watched it again this morning, there were things that I caught that I didn't catch when I watched it last night. So I I suggest everybody watch it again because I thought there was so much going on at one time, you probably missed something. I think that they kind of, just a tiny bit, missed the boat on the AJ Taker thing. Just a little bit. Because when AJ opens the door to the room and sees all of the caskets in there and the urn, that should have been the moment that shocked AJ. I don't think the picture on the wall should have been shocked. It should have been one or the other. When AJ turns around and he sees the picture on the wall, okay, that's fine. He's face-to-face with The Undertaker. But then he goes in the room. It's like trying to get the same payoff twice in a short amount of time. I would have almost liked to have seen AJ not see the picture on the wall, open the door, and you heard Paul Bearer's laugh come out of the room, and a hand just comes out and grabs AJ and pulls him into hell. And then the door just closes behind him. That's just me. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. You, you know, there's probably a million different things you could have done in that. I, I kind of like that. Alistair Black was involved in that as well. Um, but you know what? It's funny because last week we were talking about AJ and how underwhelming the return was, and how they completely just kind of crapped all over the match that took place at WrestleMania 36. And you mentioned, boy, if AJ doesn't win at Money in the Bank, then that was really wasted having him come back. Do you feel the same way what they presented last night with The Undertaker and him being stuck in that room? Is it a little bit more digestible what happened last Monday? Because we live in a world where nothing really matters unless they force us to make it matter and remember it, I really don't care. Listen, AJ did an interview last week. What did he say in the interview? He said that he thought he was underwhelmed by what took place on Monday as well. 
It's a, it's as if AJ listened to our show and completely agreed with us and just spewed out what we thought too. But I think AJ genuinely thought that. You know why? Because I think 99% of wrestlers would think that about how they handle it handled AJ's return so now they put him in the match last night and they give you know all of a sudden he sees the Undertaker he sees a picture of the Undertaker and he's afraid of him okay so maybe the story is that if the Undertaker is right not right there in front of AJ's face AJ's a tough guy but the minute he sees the Undertaker he turns into a, a scared little kid again because of what happened I don't know it's really not going to matter it matters for like 15 minutes and then we're we're you know Done, done, on to the next one. Done, done, done. on to the next one. Done, done. Sounds like your marital status sometimes. <laughs> He's Rick Kamler. Come on, man. He's Antonio Daniels. Cam, you got to give me more. Together, they host Give and Go. You've lost six games in a row. You just had a terrible ending of regulation. I'm rolling the dice. A player's worst enemy is himself. Of course he's going to want to play because he's a competitor. You don't get to that level without competing. But just because you want to be on the floor at all times, that does not mean that's what's best for you at that time. Give and go. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Sirius 207 XM 86. You know, we love Asuka, and we know Asuka should be in the main event picture. And now, holding that briefcase, she definitely is. So congratulations to Asuka, who not only wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, but was extremely entertaining in that match last night when she was dry, when she was running through the corridor and the guy is mopping the floor. And I guess she was asking the janitor about how to get to the roof. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and she threw in the obligatory, <laughs> obligatory domo arigato. <laughs> the one word that in Japanese that everybody knows. Yes. Domo. And how Best about you. her stiffen the piss out of Baron Corbin with that final kick to the oh. side of the head? <laughs> I don't think Corbin's ever been hit that hard in his life. Oh, my goodness. I think Asuka thought she was receding Minoru Suzuki for beating the shit out of her in Japan years ago and took it out on Corbin. Poor Baron Corbin. <laughs> Jeez, Dude, but Corbin gets the job done. He's so good. He's such a good heel for them. He can lose every single night, but never lose an ounce of heat. He's so reliable. He gets better every single time. If you're not a Baron Corbin fan, you just don't get it. And that's why it's so good that he won that King of the Ring. Because he always has that to fall back on. He can lose match. Hey, I'm still the king. Like, that, that. what a great decision having him win that. Because it, it just fits his persona so well. And, and you're right. I think at this point, Bully, you know, I went on my rant like seven or eight months ago about Baron Corbin. Uh, by now, everybody's got to appreciate him. Do you hate him? Yes, you're supposed to hate him. But I would think by now you have to appreciate how good he is in the ring because he's fantastic um as a professional i can tell you that baron corbin gets the job done every single time he goes out there he takes the play that is handed to him and he runs it to almost perfection every single time no matter if it's goofy no matter if it's serious baron corbin goes out there and he performs on a extremely consistent level for that company and that's why he's kept in the position he's kept in he's a 
heel that will always be utilized because he can get any baby face over. He can do goofy stuff. He can have a strong match or he can be the killer heel that they need him to be at any given moment. He's diverse. Now, when it comes to the Money in the Bank briefcase, as you know, Bully, you call your shot. You know, it's almost like when you win the Rumble, you call your shot. Same thing with the Money in the Bank briefcase. You know, anybody could win that. And, you know, if 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 if, if Lacey Evans or whoever was in the, involved in that match. But we knew that it was all Raw participants that Becky Lynch was waiting in the wings because Becky Lynch tweeted that no matter who won, she'll address it on Monday Night Raw tonight. So we've seen Asuka and Becky Lynch before. Not that you can't see it again, but we have seen it before, and Becky Lynch has come out on top. Do you think there's going to be a change with that Raw Women's Championship? Uh, are you excited to see Becky and Asuka again, or are you hoping that there is going to be a bit of a change within the next couple of months with that championship title? When it comes to a rivalry, I really like Becky versus Asuka. However, I'm interested to see how they restart the story. There's, do they go back? I mean, Becky has avenged her loss, right? Yes. Is there any reason why Becky needs to get at Asuka? I'm not really sure. And if there is, I'm sure people on social media will remind me. But it seems like they kind of put it to bed. But hopefully they find an interesting way to rekindle it. Asuka is very deserving. They've gone off the tracks with Asuka a couple of times. They've tried to get her back on. She she doesn't seem to have um, the same trajectory that she had going into WrestleMania against Charlotte. Or even after she made Becky tap. Great performer, great wrestler, great character, very entertaining. Uh, hopefully they come up with some good stuff for her and Becky. Or maybe she's just a transitional money in the bank holder. Maybe both of these money in the bank winners are just transitional winners to get to other stuff. It's possible. That, that's why I possible. like them winning. One of the things, too, is that you can't get a gauge on anymore is the crowd. Because, Bully, you've said it at times, like, Becky has been hot, and at some times that she's not where she was a year and a half ago. It's interesting with Asuka, and I wonder if we did have full arenas, if that would have made them change their mind about Asuka holding on to that briefcase. Because Asuka lately has been extremely entertaining. You know a lot of the hardcore WWE fans love Asuka, and now she has that Money in the Bank briefcase. I wonder if we did have those full crowd arenas, if the crowd would be split when it came to Asuka and Becky Lynch. Not sure. And we could sit here and we could discuss it and try to dissect it. Why? All I know is Asuka won last night. I think we're fans of it. I think a lot of people were fans of it. I'd love to hear what the nation has to say about it. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Let's go out to the very, very busy phones on a Monday after Money in the Bank. And let's go out to Zach in Michigan. Zach, what do you want to say about Money in the Bank from last night? What's up, guys? Good morning. How you? How's everybody doing out there? Good morning, buddy. Hey, just want to say, I thought the pay-per-view was really good last night. And I tell you, I'm trying to watch, literally, the last dance was on last night. So I'm trying to multitask between this and the ladder match. But what I saw last night of the ladder match, I, I mean, it was hysterical. I mean, what they did last night, it was really creative. You could say what you want. I literally thought, and I'm going to throw this out here, 
when AJ opened the door, okay, and he saw the coffin there, my first thought is we were going to hear the gong of the Undertaker and that a hand would come out and try to grab him. That was literally what I was thinking as that was, was going on in there. But I like what we saw, the creativity aspect of it. That's kind of what we're looking for. If that's the way you're, you want to increase ratings, because you guys had talked about it last week, that's one of the ways you have to do it. You have to get us interested. And to see Otis last night win it on the men's side, you couldn't help but be excited for him. And I know there's a lot of people that you know, weren't as excited about it, but I certainly think he's the right guy for it. And, and I would like to see where he goes with that briefcase. As far as Oscar goes, listen, I think Oscar's entertaining. But I went into last night and I said my choice to win the Money in the Bank contract on the women's side with Shayna Baszler because, understand, you know, Becky and Asuka, they've had their, their situation. I still feel there's unfinished business between Becky and Shayna. Shayna wants to get over that WrestleMania loss, okay? And I truly feel that that's where that situation could have happened. And people could say what they want. I think Shayna has grown into one of the best heels that we've seen in that women's division. And I truly would like to see her and Becky go at it once again for the Wild Women's Championship. Well, you know what? And, and Zach, thank you so much for the phone call. And I agree with a lot of what you said. And Shayna Baszler, unfortunately, got off on the wrong foot. But I think she's definitely got her footing. I'm okay with them letting that grow just a little bit more. Because I think they did get off on the wrong foot. And I think lately, she's that dominant force like she was with NXT. Uh, Mark and I really talked a lot about um, Nia Jax, and we kind of came up with the scenario. Mark talked about, hey, if Tamina beats Bailey, then you could do something with Nia Jax and Tamina and then Sasha and Bailey. There's a lot of different stories that could have came out from that. Obviously, it didn't go that way. I don't have a problem with Asuka at all. Um, though Asuka and Becky had their storyboard, and I think you're right. I think that... When you look at Asuka and Becky, that story was told. But when you have that money in the bank briefcase, it's another chapter in the book. Let's go out to our good friend Izzy after celebrating her birthday. I'm sure I had a great birthday weekend. Izzy, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, good. How's everything going with you? Um, pretty chill. Just a tiny bit bored, but, you know, it's same old, same old. <laughs> I get it. I get it. At least we have wrestling, right? Yeah, that's the nice part. And then also we have UFC, which I watched the other night. So that's oh, pretty that's cool. <laughs> Very cool. Then you definitely yeah. love Fight Nation. So Izzy, um, what did you think of Money in the Bank from last night? I thought it was a lot of fun. So there were some like really good matches, and then there were some okay matches. And one of those okay matches, I'm going to say it, and everybody's going to hate me, was Bailey versus Tamina. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just really here to talk about my favorite match, and that was the Money in the Bank match. I think it had just enough comedy to the point where it wasn't overly cheesy, and it had enough action to where it felt like an actual match. Now, I'm not disappointed with the winners. I think Asuka totally deserves it because she's been on Raw and SmackDown pretty much every week. I'm going to use this line. Somebody once told me she's been a big-time worker. Um, And also... Just look at who she can challenge. Like you guys were talking about before, she can challenge Becky again, or she can challenge Bailey, which we really haven't seen on the main roster. 
And then on the other hand, I didn't mind Otis winning the contract. Otis is such a relatable and funny character. He's pretty much the whole package of a wrestler. Even if he didn't win the contract, I think he still got over by tying John Laronitis in the face. Um, but the thing I really liked about this match was that everybody looked great. From Baron throwing Ray and Alistair off the building to Shayna choking out Ray. Nobody looked bad. So I'm going to say this. Um, I think this is the best Money in the Bank match I've ever seen. So, yeah, that's what I thought about the whole Money in the Bank match. Izzy, awesome phone call as always. I love Thank the positivity. You. I love the positivity coming out of last night as well, and I'm glad you had a, a happy birthday. Izzy, you just Thank said you so that. Much. Izzy, you just said that uh, Otis was relatable. So you're like, what, 13, 14 now? I'm 13 now. Okay, so what is relate? What about Otis is relatable to a thirteen-year-old girl? So I'm not talking about like to kids my age, but I'm just thinking about like the older age group. Like I know he has the story going on with Mandy, where he like the whole relatable part is he's the guy that really likes the pretty girl, and some people don't really have that opportunity of getting the really beautiful chick and like. I don't know, maybe in school or just at work in general. So that's why I think the re- the relatable part about it. And then also he's kind of just like a gym rat. He loves working out. Like and when they were in the gym, he was like sexing rats. Like that's, I think, is the relatable, relatable part about him. And also, too, like I think for anybody, he's just he's silly. Like he's, you know, he hasn't changed, at least not yet. We'll see what happens with this money in the bank briefcase. But, you know, he's just himself all the time. So, Izzy, thank you so much for the phone call as always. Thank you. And I love what Izzy said, Bully, and the fact that, like, and she's right. Like, everybody looked good in that match. You know, we say that a lot about money in the bank because a lot of people get their stuff in for a money in the bank match like that. But everybody kind of looked strong. I mean, there's nobody that looked weak. I mean, he... You know, everybody that was involved in that. And and you have to take it for what it was. I thought it was very, very entertaining. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. It is a get yourself over Monday. And somebody who, in my eyes, and I said this, I said this last week too. And this is an interesting topic that we'll have to get into after our interview. But this guy doesn't, I don't think, needs to get himself over. To me, this guy is already over. But you know what? He wants the opportunity to get over with the busted open nation. And that is to me a must-see champion. You can watch him on NWA Power, and it is the outlandish Zicky Dice. Zicky, how are you today? Ladies and gentlemen, Busted Open just got outlandish. It is your NWA World must-see television champion, outlandish Zicky Dice. And I'm doing great because today is day 69 of a perfect title run of O&O. <laughs> you know, well, you popped us already. You're over. You know, and I got to say, David, I don't want to kiss your ass right off the bat, 
But God, I'm glad I finally found someone similar to me. I hate Lord of the Rings, and I also hate Star Wars. So there's that. Hang up on I this love- douche nozzle. No, 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 bully. I love I loved Outlanders. Zicky I hope Dice. I meet you in a locker room me- so I can kick you in your freaking mouth. No. No, but it's, uh, I, I, had, I had a. T- I, I knew that was coming from you early. I, I knew that. <laughs> now, Zicky, you had me when you debuted on NWA Power. You had me when you became the must-see television champion. But I got to be honest with you. If there was ever a time I was going to grab a T-shirt and buy it is right after the first 30 seconds of this interview because you're 100% right. Why would you watch Dirty Muddy Feet like Lord of the Rings? I just released my new television T-shirt on NWA. Pre-orders are up on NationalWrestlingAlliance.com. The new television T-shirt, it's a must-have. So I'm glad you brought that up. See, this is why you have to love Outlander Zicky Dice Bully. We get him on a Get Yourself Over Monday, and 90 seconds in, what does he do? He tells everybody exactly who he is and why you should watch him. He has a lot of energy and passion. He snuggles up to the lead host on the show by saying he hates Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, and he gets the t- the new T-shirt out there and where you could buy it. Hello, a win. This guy gets it. That's what I'm talking about, David LaGreca. I've I've been telling the world I've been the best-kept secret in professional wrestling for a while, and now the world has a taste, and now I get to bring it to Busted Open. I think I'm going to call Lagana and Billy and get myself booked against Zicky, take his finish, and kick out at one, just because of those (laughs) outlandish comments. At one! At one, Zicky! (laughs) Oh! Oh! Zicky, give me some... I'm sure they're waiting by the phone. That's got to happen. I... I've been trying, you know, people, there's been a rumor that I started the coronavirus because I wanted to protect my title run, but that's not true. I just want to lay that out here. I am a fighting champion, and what I've been doing during the quarantine is searching high and low for the best that professional wrestling has to offer because what I want to do, listen close, when power comes back on the first episode, I want to defend my title seven times in a row in one evening alone so then I can get my hands on what I call the 10 pounds of pink. The 10 pounds of pink? That's right, because as soon as I win the 10 pounds of gold, my friend Bully Ray, I'm going to dip it in pink paint and pink glitter, and I'm going to take over the world. Wow. Wow. Respecting the 10 pounds of gold. How do you think Nick Aldis is going to feel about that? Who gives a hoot? Who cares what Nick Aldis thinks? I sure as hell don't, because they have the lucky seven rule. If I was Nick Aldis, you know... He's champion going on almost 600 days, and he's got that title talked about. But I would be afraid because megastar Zicky Dice just came into the picture, and he's the most talked about superstar in the NWA and professional wrestling alone. I mean, think about it. First of all, a record of 0-0 zero and zero as champion. 69 mm-hmm. days. You got to love it that he came on Busted Open in his 69th day of defense of this TV championship. 69, love that number. And also, of course you do, LaGreca. <laughs> of course you do, 12 year old. <laughs> 69. <laughs> it reminds me of boobies. <laughs> Love boobies. Anyway, so, you know, Zicky Dice, and and honest, you know, this is where when we talk about NWA Power Bully, you know, a lot of what we talk about with NWA, and we've had Lagana and, you know, on this show several times, and 
we talk about the nostalgia aspect of NWA power. It brings you back to 1983 watching World Championship Wrestling. But a lot of times people kind of forget about the new stars that are a part of this show. And you have to look to the future. You can only rely on nostalgia for so long. There needs to be other personalities and characters that move this company and this show forward. And, and Zicky Dice, with you as television champion, I think you're one of those wrestlers that are going to take the NWA into the future. You know what? I think you're 100% right. And I just every time the story comes up, I got I to gotta lay it out how I got to NWA because it's, it's actually quite funny. Um, I've been going on, let's see, August will be five years since my uh, debut match. I went and trained um, in uh, Davenport, Iowa. I was in the third graduating class of the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy under Seth Rollins and Merrick Brave. And um, ever since graduating, I did what I could to get out there on the indies. I would fly myself to promotions. I went to Ring of Honor tryouts. I've been to New Japan Dojo. I have uh, did the extra work at WWE. I've had the tryout matches. I've done it all. And I was sick and tired of hearing, oh, you're a star. This is going to happen, blah, 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 blah. So I was ready to throw in the towel, believe it or not. I had been working for uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood for about on and off for three years. And never once was I given a promo in the ring, uh, backstage, nothing. And I never complained about it. I knew when my time would come that I would absolutely kill it. Um, so in the car ride down there, it was a six-hour drive to the show. Uh, I helped on the show last minute. And we were, you know, talking in the car. I don't know what else to do. I don't, you know, kind of kind of beating ourselves up and get the championship wrestling from Hollywood a little early. And they're like, hey, Zicky, you're here uh, early. Why don't you get geared up and cut a promo? I said, absolutely. I went out and I swear to you guys, I said six words, something very, very simple. I was immediately pulled back by Billy Trask, who is a producer at NWA and championship wrestling from Hollywood. And I was pulled around the corner where I saw Billy Corgan and uh, David Lagana standing there and, and uh, Corgan goes to me, he's all, man, he's all, look at your hair and your glasses and your earring and your fanny pack. He's like, he's like, what are you doing December 14th? And I sat in my head. I was like, you know, that sounds familiar. Uh, I was like, oh, me and my fiance just planned a snow trip. And I looked at him. I said, nothing. I'm completely free. He said, well, how would you like to work for me in the NWA? I said, I would absolutely love that. And, um, you know, Lagana, he's like, okay, Lagana will reach out to you on Monday. Lagana brought me in. He's like, look, we got you uh, here for season two and the Hard Times pay-per-view in that weekend. Then we'll see what happens after that. And lo and behold, look what happened. I am now running the NWA. And I say, I tell everyone this, just like it was for Arn Anderson. And it, it's just the same way for Zicky Dice. This is my world television championship. I am getting this title talked about and I am taking it to the moon and there is no plans on slowing down. Wow. You know, uh, Zicky, you, you talked about training at the Black and Brave Academy. Uh, Two-part question. How much training did you actually get from Seth? Like, how, how often was Seth in the ring with you? And you were in a rock and roll band with Seth, weren't you? Or a punk band with Seth, right? Um, I, I play, I sing in a band called Heart to Heart. Um, I met Seth through uh, the music scene. He was a fan of uh, the style of music. I don't know if he was a fan of my band, but I met him on a few tours in Crossing. Um, it was on stage. Uh, we were in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was acting like a jackass. And the tour manager said, hey, look, I got to talk to you after the show. Uh, I was like, oh, shit, I think we're getting kicked off. So he pulls me around. He's like, look, you grew up wrestling freestyle Greco. He's like, you're agile. He's like, you're oozing with charisma. He's like, I think you could be very successful in the wrestling business. And I think you should go become a professional wrestler. So I text Seth Rollins and I said, Hey, I want you to train me. And he said, 
verbatim. He said, ah, 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 are you serious? And I said, yes, I'm going to be better than you are one day. He said, I'll see you May 1st. So I packed up all everything I had from California and I moved to the Midwest. Um, and that question comes up a lot, Bully, to be honest with you. And uh, black and brave students now are very lucky. Um, at the time, we were running at a Quad City CrossFit. So uh, Seth being CrossFit Jesus, we had to do CrossFit, I think, four or five times a week. We had training Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and we had to set up and tear down the ring every single day uh, after training with, a, with another CrossFit workout to end training. Now, at the time, Seth was still doing Raw and SmackDown, so he was working Monday, Tuesday. So Tuesdays, we had uh, our trainer Crotch with a K, shout out to Crotch, and Merrick Brave. And then Wednesday, Thursday, it was um, Rollins, Merrick Brave, and Crotch every single uh, Wednesday, Thursday uh, without a beat unless he was traveling. And yes, he was in the ring with us. He was very hands-on. Um, and I couldn't have had a better experience. Uh, I, I broke in at 26 at the age of 26. So I wanted to go and get trained, um, in my opinion, and we can argue that by, uh, the best in the world. Um, cool thing is I was at WrestleMania, uh, 31 and it was two weeks later, uh, that I started training. So I was one of 12 to be trained by a current WWE champion, which is pretty cool as well. You know, I loved everything that you've been saying, Dick, and, and I think everyone that's listening to this show right now understands, like, your personality and you have charisma. There's no doubt about it. But I love the fact that, like, you know, you're you're working for with championship wrestling from Hollywood and saying you're not, you're not getting any opportunities. You're not getting any opportunities on the microphone to really get over your character, but you waited it out. Like, you knew your opportunity was going to come, and when it came – you know, it gave you another opportunity. And you know what, too? I mean, I hope you're still with, you know, your fiance. I hope that that hasn't changed Absolutely. because you didn't go on that ski trip. <laughs> and there you go. Like, you could have easily said, well, I do have plans. But you don't say no. When an opportunity is given to you, you grab that opportunity and you take it and you make the most of it. And now you're on TV. And and Bully and I had a conversation. What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but what comes to mind, and I got to say this, is it was a, a matter of right place, right time, and trusting the process. You know, I was working these shows, David, where I see all my buddies getting scooped up left and right by every company known to man. And uh, I knew somebody somewhere was watching, and I knew that everyone had their own road, and I just had to trust the process and relax and, uh, and keep working hard. And also, well, too, you know what? What's, Here's the ahead, only boy. thing I'm going to hold on. Hold on, Dave. I'm gonna, the only thing I'm going to disagree with you on is trusting the process, Zicky, because in pro wrestling and making it in the pro wrestling business, I don't believe that there is a process. There is no one given process. A lot of it has to do with the right place at the right time, as you said, and knocking it out of the park when given the opportunity. And it sounds like what you, that's exactly what you did. But there was no process. Wrestling is so hit or miss. You never know when the opportunity is going to happen. And not, opportunity doesn't knock very loud in the wrestling business unless you're born with a, a you know a last name. Then opportunity knocks a, just a little bit louder. But I, I, I like what you said about right place at the right time because you had confidence in yourself. And then when the gun was put to your head, you stepped up to, up to the plate, you knocked it out of the park, you're, on, you're with the NWA now, and people saw your talent. I'm still kicking out of your finish. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's, it, and, you know, I, I, what I've done is a lot of things that 
aren't comfortable for most people. And some things I've done uh, aren't comfortable for me. Like, to be honest with you, you know how I got on the show today? I slid into uh, David's DMs. I said, hey, I want to talk to you. You know, and that's something that I closed mouths don't get fed. How, how would David know that I want to be on the show if I didn't say something? And look, here we are. No, and, and I was having this conversation with Bully, and maybe this is a lesson on air, but, you know, I when Bully, Bully came up with this, so you have a WWE Hall of Famer, Bully Ray comes up with an idea that says, hey, during this tough time, let's have a get yourself over Monday where a lot of these wrestlers that obviously are stuck at home and not being able to work, hey, this is an opportunity for them to get their name out there, sell some merchandise, Let's throw it out. I I am shocked by how little people have reached out and said, "Hey, let me get you on your show," because again, like like we had last week with Matt Cross, somebody who's been around for 17, 18 years is reaching out, wanting to become a part of this show on Mondays. You know, Zicky, for for me, who I'm a big fan of NWA Power. So when I look at you, I look at a guy who's a TV champion, and I see him on TV each and every week. But you're right. You slid into my DMs and said, hey, I want the opportunity to come on Mondays. I'm shocked that a lot of the people that have reached out to us about coming on the show are people that are that, that names are known that are on TV but are still taking this opportunity. I'm very very surprised that more people are not grabbing this opportunity. You know what? I'm I'm going to go ahead and say this. I hate hearing that. And this is something that I struggle with because I call uh, the boys, if you will, quote unquote, you know how many times I'm going to shows by myself an empty car with an empty car when I'm trying to like, Hey, all you got to do is hop in. And people are just missing opportunities left and right because, and that just goes to show who really wants it. Because I, I, I don't think a lot of people do. They say they do. And, but they don't want to put in the hard work behind the scenes. Yeah. Everyone wants the interviews. Yeah. Everyone wants the pictures and autographs and wants to sell merch and be on stage and hold titles, but no one wants to put in the dirty work. And that's something that I've never been afraid to do. So, Zicky, I'm going to admit something to you that I haven't even t- told Dave. I haven't told the listeners, but I-, I feel compelled to say it now. You passed the test. Oh, really? Everything, everything in wrestling is a test, and you passed it. But you don't know what test you passed, right? Correct. When I sent out the original tweet about get yourself over Monday, it was because I genuinely wanted to do something on our show for younger talent. And I knew Dave would be on board. This is a live radio show, two to three hours every single day on satellite radio. And we hit a lot of people across the entire United States and all over the world with our podcast. So I left it up to the fans. I said, who do you want to hear? I put it in the hands of the fans. But what I really was doing was seeing which one of the guys and gals were going to step up to the plate and take the initiative. And that's what you did. And that speaks volumes. You did it. And Matt Cross did it. And that that shows me a lot because I feel like too many younger wrestlers today are sitting back and waiting for somebody to hand them an opportunity as opposed to going out there and grabbing the opportunity. Grabbing the brass ring isn't just in the WWE. Grabbing the brass ring can be anything in the wrestling business that you strive for. You said you slid into into LaGreca's DMs. I think that's a little weird. I would never slide into LaGreca's DMs because it's just a little icky in there. But you did what you had to do. You got on the show, and 
I'm telling you straight up, good job. Thank you very much. I truly appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. I'm going to say it right here, right now, bust it open. Uh, everything else that comes is a bonus. I am not satisfied yet, and I'm very hungry, and I want more. Um, so whatever that entails in the future, I'm ready for it, and uh, just let that be known right here, right now. So thank you. All right, so Outlandish Zicky Dice, how could people follow you? How could they buy your shirt, and where can they see you next? Oh, man, you'll never believe what I've been up to. I figured I haven't had enough TV time yet, so I've recently partnered with Twitch. I got Zicky Dice TV coming on Twitch, so you can go to twitch.tv slash Zicky Dice. Looking to start full-time streams in June. I made it nice and simple for everyone if you want to follow this outlandish journey I call a life. It's at Zicky Dice on every piece of social media platform out there, as well as uh, weekly on NWA. we got some more fun stuff ahead there. And uh, for all your merch and dice needs, you can head to ZickyDice.com or ProWrestlingTees.com slash ZickyDice. And anybody who buys the shirts, let us know. We'll retweet as well because we love to support the wrestlers. That's why we're doing Get Yourself Over Monday. Use the hashtag Get Yourself Over Monday about who you want to see or who you want to hear from each and every Monday. Zicky, awesome job, my friend. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to buy the shirt. I'll be wearing it proudly, and thanks for the time. Beautiful. Thank you both very much. It's been an honor. Thank you. Good job, Zicky. I hope you make a million dollars. Thank you, boy. All right. The outlandish Zicky Dice. Uh, boy, you talk about taking uh, the opportunity, Bully, about making the most out of the time. I think that's an example of it. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, honestly, I had no idea who he was. Last night when I got the text, uh, me and you got the text from Gabby saying Zicky Dice, not a clue. Now I know who he is. Just by his 20 minutes on the show, I want to go seek this guy out on YouTube. I want to see one of his promos. I want to see one of his matches. I especially want to see one of his matches because I will kick out of his finish one day. That's a promise. And you know what? But and I, this at, is at one. T- at one. <laughs> at one. He's doing exactly what all wrestle, young wrestlers should be doing right now. They should be aggressively trying to do anything and everything they possibly can to get their name out there. Listen, if you're a young wrestler and you have 100,000 followers on social media, that's the same 100,000 people you're talking to every day. You got to do something different. You got to start thinking outside of the box. You got to be hungry. You got to be aggressive. Okay, when I was a young boy, get in that car and driving seven, eight hours to make any and every shot you possibly could was the version of what guys and gals need to do today. I'm we're not telling anybody to beg to be on this show. That's not the point. But what we are saying is the doors are wide open on a Monday. All you got to do is get in contact with us and we will put you on the show to help you out to push your brand. You take the bull by the horns. You grab the brass ring and we'll help you get there. And here's the thing. Like, I I, I called you about Matt Cross and I was like, I, I, hey, Bully, you know, I... This is not what I thought we were getting into. Matt Cross is somebody who's been on TV. He was on Lucha Underground. He's been doing it for almost two decades. I don't know. And you were like, hey, man, if he feels like he still needs to get himself over, let's give him that opportunity. And you want to know something? He did it, and he knocked it out of the park. He told his story. We, I asked him about what are you doing on this show for this segment, and he said that he's not where he wants to be. You know, he... 
in a lot of ways kind of humbled himself and said, hey, man, I thought I'd be much bigger and my star would be much brighter. Hasn't happened. So I'm going to take every opportunity. Zicky Dice is on TV every Tuesday for NWA Power. He's holding the TV championship for crying out loud. But yet he snuck into my DMs and said, hey, you know what? I want to be a part of Get Yourself Over Monday. That's telling. These are guys that are on TV with championship titles and have a social media following, but they're not where they want to be. And they want to take the opportunity during very dark times. They still get their name out there and create a buzz. Kudos to everyone that's reached out to us. Dave, how many tweets have you gotten now? Because I know we're tagged in the same tweets yeah. from fans from Busted Open Nation members and fans all over the world who said, wow, I didn't know who Danhausen was. Now I do, and I bought a shirt. Wow, I didn't know who Matt Cross was, but I bought a hat. How many tweets are we getting from fans who are saying, this is great, because I didn't know who these performers are, but I've gone to YouTube now where I've bought the merchandise, and I'm smartened up to them. Yeah, a ton. We've gotten a ton of those tweets. A so to of- me, it's mission accomplished. And, and, and listen, I remember what it was like to be a young wrestler to, you know, was, was it, I would, I would kill to get on a radio show as a young wrestler. What are you kidding me? Any opportunity to be able to flap your gums as a young wrestler to get your name, your brand, your personality out there. You want to take advantage of it. Hey, this is Patrick Maher. On the latest edition of Sports from the Sidelines, I caught up with the bad boy Detroit Pistons. Here's what John Sally had to say about his teammate, Isaiah Thomas. I played with MJ, Kobe, played against the greatest. I tell people all the time, the greatest player I've ever played with was Isaiah. Michael is the man. He took on so much, but Isaiah is 6'1", dude, and will take over a game. Catch sports from the sidelines on the Bad Boy Pistons anytime and anywhere you go on the SiriusXM app. I'm so glad that Money in the Bank was just shy of two and a half hours, two hours and 23 minutes last night, which is, hey, man, less is more, especially in this situation. I loved it because I was able to watch that last ride. And, man, what a great first part of that documentary. And, again, there's going to be more episodes to follow, another one dropping next Sunday. Bully, great opening episode of The Last Ride for The Undertaker last night. If you knew how private The Undertaker was throughout his entire career, you'd have a lot more appreciation for, you know, what this documentary is going to bring to the table. This is a guy who completely held the cards close to, you know, his vest his entire career, and now he's opening up the floodgates, and I love it because now we're seeing a different side of this guy. And as I've said before on the show, like with Brock Lesnar, when you start to see different sides of these performers that you've gotten only one perspective on for so long, it's as if they're reborn. Like seeing Taker just sitting there in the in the chair, just talking and hearing about, just hearing him talk about self-doubt. Just talking about how I used to be a tough guy. I used to be a bad mother trucker. What the hell happened to me? The Undertaker just basically told us that he looked at himself in the mirror and said, what the hell happened to you? He's coming face to face with the end of his career, his own kind of mortality within the wrestling business. To me, that's extremely interesting. And the way he talks, you're getting, you, now you're getting Mark Calloway 
talking about his perspective on the 20, you know, 25 to 30 year run of The Undertaker. It's almost like we're hearing from a completely different person. I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm extremely entertained, extremely intrigued, and working with the guy and having the history that I got to have with him, it's extremely it's so relatable and it just it, it brings back such memories of every little thing that I got to do in the ring with him. Yeah, obviously you're going to have a completely different perspective because you've been in the ring with The Undertaker. You know, you're somebody that's in the locker room with The Undertaker. You know that presence, that locker room leader that is The Undertaker. You know the man, Mark Calloway. I, I don't, Bully. I, I, I don't know anything about the man uh, other than what we've been able to see, those little glimpses. To me, as an old-school wrestling fan, he was the last line of defense, man. Like, he was old school. He was the last of, like, that breed of wrestler that didn't use a different name on social media and, and looked at it as, you know, entertainment and, you know, you know, did interviews where they were out of character. He was that last line of defense. That, that is now over. Him peeling back the curtain into his life and him as Mark Calloway, like, it was kind of sad for me last night. It's great. It's interesting. I love it. I wouldn't want it any other way. But for me, it's like, wow, this is really the end of the pro wrestling that I grew, that I fell in love with at a young age. Because once The Undertaker shatters that wall, that's it, man. And it was, and it really hit me too when early on in that documentary, Bully, when they're at the hotel for, you know, he's checking in in Orlando at WrestleMania 33 and he's up at the desk and then. You know, the match he's going to have is against Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns just, like, walks up next to him. And, and he looks at him. He's like, you can't even, you can't even, no kayfabe even for me? Like, you know, like, it's like, wow. This, this, this is the end of an era. And, and it's weird. And, you know, that, that, that scene stuck out to me, too. Because it's as if Roman just blew everything off. It's as if Roman didn't even have a concern for the cameras being there. And you see the old school and Taker come out for a second going, hey, man, we can't even, 10 minutes in, we can't kayfabe? And Roman's like, yeah, forget about those cameras. And I was just like, wow. What? It, it was really odd to me because, yeah, Roman's a younger guy in the business, but he's the son of Sika and the nephew of Afa. And if you get brought up by the Samoans, man, you're getting brought up as old school as possible. And here's Roman blowing off one of the most old school um, traditions in the industry. But in blowing it off, it made for really entertaining television and really, you know, um, intriguing television. Listening to Ta I told Velvet um, after the after the episode last night, listening to him talk about his concussion was it was mind boggling to me because I used the exact same words and terminology that he used when I got that bad concussion in two thousand and five. I went through the same things he went through not knowing your own name, not knowing that my mother had died, being goofy and loopy. So on so many levels, as a fan, I loved it because I'm seeing a different side of this guy and it gives me the next layer to fall in love with, like I fell in love with the character. Now I can get into the man. Plus as a professional, thinking back of, you know, dude, I put eight staples in that guy's head. 
because of a careless mistake I, I made. And The Undertaker could have kicked my ass that night backstage, but he decided to sit me down and educate me as a gentleman and as a man. So when you hear about all of the injuries that he's gone through and, and then you say to yourself, damn, I blasted that guy in the back of the head with a chair and I really screwed him up that night. And to, and to know how he handled it, that resonated with me for years about how I handled situations in pro wrestling. You know what, Bully? I thought a lot of you when I was watching that documentary. And one of the things that really kind of resonated with me with some of the things that you've said is that he said how tough it's been for him to wrestle once a year. Because, and you've talked about it, like, you know, you work up a callus, like, on your body, like, over time when you're working. Uh, you know, the ring rust that you always talk about, how how hard it is to kind of just, like, shake that off. And he talked about it, like, a lot of people from the outside that don't know, like me, you know, that have never been in the ring and have never wrestled, I would think, hey, man, once, what a gig, once a year? Hey, that's easy, man. You know, sign me up. I only go out once a year. But you've you found out how difficult it's been because it was in that five-year run, he said, when he was just wrestling at WrestleMania, those were the toughest five years because of the ring rust, because of, you know, not being able to work his body, the callus, being able to run the ropes, the simple things. And and it, it reminded me of the things that you always say when somebody's out, how difficult it is to get back in the ring and, you know, shake off that ring rust. Working 300 days a year is easy in comparison to working one night a year at the biggest show that the WWE puts on. When you are wrestling 300 times a year, your body becomes a giant callus. Just like Austin said, you turn into a machine. You've heard me say it on the show. You heard Taker say it last night. And, you've heard, and you heard Triple H and Austin say things to a degree. Like Triple H talked about when he works one time a year about his, you know, him not being in a groove. If you only perform one time a year, no matter how great of a performer you are, if you're only doing it once, you're not going to be in a groove. Your timing is not going to be as down pat as it was working 300 nights a year. And Austin specifically talked about ring rust and timing. It doesn't matter how great The Undertaker is. He's still a man, you know, a mere mortal man who is eventually time will catch up with ring rust and timing and being in a groove. And you saw that happen to him against Brock, right? Yep. No matter how many big, bad, tough bastards Taker has been in the ring with, when you're in the ring with big, bad, tough bastards, 300 days a year, 200 days a year, 100 days a year, your body is used to the physicality. Now you start taking time off and you get in the ring with Brock, who's going to bring a level of physicality that you might not have experienced in an entire year. It's not easy to do. And then all of a sudden your brains get scrambled but you don't know where your brains got scrambled and you realize that your brain got scrambled on probably something you've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. But since you haven't done it in a long time, your body's not used to it. And maybe you didn't tuck your chin on a regular back bump, or maybe you took a belly to back on the floor and you weren't able to protect yourself the right way. Even he said he doesn't know where he got concussed in that match, right? 
Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.